Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, The Return of the King, and was spoken by Preston Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. We're going to get into the Word, and um, I'm going to speak on this topic, The Return of the King. The return of the king. Look at the person next to you and say, the return of the king. And uh, we're going to dive right in, so thank you, Brother Jake. Um, I will set you free from the keyboard. Uh, There's a whole lot of kingdom talk. Someone say kingdom. And kingdom verbiage in your Bible. Jesus used the terms kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God very often when he taught the masses and when he would preach and teach and he even used these terms when he would teach and invest in the 12 lives, his 12 disciples. And it's a term that's used over a hundred times in your KJV Bible. And by definition, uh, kingdom, according to Oxford, is a country or state or territory ruled by a king or queen. And the second definition they give, it's the spiritual reign or authority of God. And the third definition they give is each of the three traditional divisions, animal kingdom, vegetable kingdom, had no clue that existed, and mineral kingdom, I didn't really know about that one either, in which natural objects have conventionally been classified. But we are not here to talk biology today. So we'll stick to the first two definitions. A kingdom is a realm, a domain, dominion, a country, land, sovereign state, or empire. And a kingdom has one throne for one king. Amen? If you don't know Jesus today, I'm excited that you are here, and I don't believe that you're here by accident. Jesus Christ is King of Kings. Jesus is Lord of Lords, and you can give your life to him today. Amen? 2 Kings 19.15, and Hezekiah prayed before the Lord. Watch this prayer unfold. He said, O Lord God of Israel which dwellest between the cherubims. You are God, and you are God alone, and you are God of all the kingdoms of the earth, and you have made heaven and earth. Jesus is king. Jesus is God of all the kingdoms of the earth, and for the next few moments, we're going to talk about that the return of the king. Can we pray one more prayer? And I want you to pray that God would speak to you in the next few moments. Can we pray that prayer? We're going to get selfish for a moment. I want you to pray that God would speak to you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to dive into your word. We're so grateful that you are on the throne, that you are king of kings. And I pray that right now, Lord, as we open up your word, your living word, that you would speak to me, that this Word would be a seed that's planted in my heart. I don't want it to just be a a speech or a message that we listen to, but I want this to grow in my heart as I leave this place this week. Go with us from this place. In Jesus' name, someone said amen. Amen. It's all kingdom talk. Someone say kingdom. It's all about King Jesus, and it's all about his kingdom 
It's all about him. In Matthew 3, we see John the Baptist, and more appropriately named probably would be John the Baptizer. He was baptizing people. Matthew 3, 2, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. A chapter later in Matthew, the ministry of Jesus is about to take off. Uh, 4.17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Six chapters later, Jesus is about to send the 12 disciples out. What does he tell them in Matthew 10.7? As you go, preach saying the kingdom, someone say kingdom, of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. It's active. It's real. The kingdom is alive and well, and we must put aside our own kingdom and agenda, amen, and goals and dreams and let go of the kingdoms of this earth and its distractions and join the kingdom of heaven for it is at hand. Jesus would teach his disciples and you and I here today in 2020 how to pray. And in the greatest sermon ever preached uh, in Matthew 6, let's read verses 9 through 13. Very familiar, one of the most familiar portions of scripture to even people not familiar with the Bible. He's teaching us how to pray. After this manner, therefore, pray ye our Father which is in which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Brother Terry Shock preaches an amazing sermon on the kingdom of God, and it's thy kingdom, not my kingdom. Has anyone ever heard him preach that sermon? It's thy kingdom, not my kingdom. It's all about thy will, not my will. And later in this Matthew 6 sermon, Jesus would teach and encourage us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus is not simply a thank you at an award show. He's not simply a prayer over a meal. Jesus is not part of your life. Jesus is not part of your life. He either is your life or he's nothing at all. It's his kingdom. He's the king. There's one throne. Amen. There's one throne for one king. And either he's sitting on the throne of your life, of my life, or he's absent. It's all or nothing. He's not a part of your life. He either is your life 
or he's not. He either is king or he's absent. If you don't know much about God here today or about the Bible or about this church, I'm so, I promise you, I'm so thrilled that you're here. And I want to thank you again for being here today. But if you look at the Bible, I don't want to assume everyone here knows everything about the Bible. If you look at it, you'll see that it's split up into two sections. One is called the Old Testament comprised of 39 books, and the other is called the New Testament, made up of 27. And in the most simple description, I heard this uh, a, a while ago, and, and I love just this simple description of the message of the Word of God. The message of the Old Testament could be boiled down simply as Jesus is coming. The Old Testament is leading up to Jesus coming to this earth. The message of the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, is Jesus is here. He was here. We, we, we saw his ministry take off. We saw the cross and all of these things. He was present. He taught us how to pray. We've already read about his teachings of the kingdom. Jesus is here. The message of the rest of the New Testament, all the way to you and I here in 2020, is Jesus is coming back. Amen? How many are looking forward to that day? Jesus will return. We must be ready. We must be ready because heaven is real and hell is real. And every single one of us, every person who's ever lived, is going to end up in eternity in one or the other. They are both real. Can I get a witness? We, we don't have all the answers, and we're certainly not in a position to judge or place anyone into one or the other. God is the judge. Amen. I, I, I won't talk about siblings. Not my siblings, but I know how my sibling, but I know how others would love to place their sibling or maybe family members in one or the other. We're not the judge. We don't have that power. We're not king. Amen. <laughs> How many believe that he really is king of kings in this place today and Lord of lords? The king is coming back for his people and we must be ready. We're talking about the return of the king. I want to take you to Luke 12 today, verses 35 through 40. Jesus teaching again. He says, be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. As though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn. But whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. Understand this, he said in verse 39, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time for the son of man will come when least expected. The return of the king. Someone say the return of the king. Does anyone love dogs? Did anyone not expect that to be the question I was about to ask? Where are the dog people in this place? 
Okay, okay. We're, we're the dog people. I'm with you. After uh, the sermon for altar call, we'll have the dog people come down over here and we'll rejoice that we're living in truth and, and we know the right pet. All the cat people, you're welcome to join us over here. All the ministers will be here ready to pray for you. Um, he'll be there. Growing up, we had a couple of miniature schnauzers, and when I was a kid, I, 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 like, I like that breed. Kristen has our family's second Shih Tzu. They're a great dog breed as well. Here's a picture of Loki. Uh, he's the man. Uh, shout out to Charity Wentz for the, for the great photo. Uh, my dream is to have a big dog or two in the future, uh, maybe a Doberman or a Rhodesian Ridgeback, a South African breed. Um, I, I also love uh, Golden Retrievers, but I've heard about the high maintenance with the daily hair cleanup, so that's not probably in the future, but... Uh, We'll get back to the Bible here in a second. I'm just talking dogs, okay? There's nothing like, and the dog people will relate to this, there's nothing like pulling into the driveway after a long, hard day of work, and you can see man's best friend so excited in the window, so ready for you to return. You can hear the bark. Sometimes they're going so fast they're at this window and then you see them in this window and somehow out of nowhere they're in the second story window. How did that happen? I don't know. They're so excited to see master return from this day of work. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And you, they're ready to love you with their entire dog heart. And it's true, unconditional love. Their master is home. It's time for food. It's time for love squirrel it's time for fun i can't believe master's back home it's going to be great yes during the day our dog gets a nap or 32 in but most of the day master's best friend is just waiting for man to get home so it can live out its life's calling as best friend thank you jesus that's true dogs are great i thank jesus for dogs charles spurgeon was a classic preacher in the 1800s, and he uses the analogy of his dogs to show how you and I could expectantly be awaiting our master's return. He he said that at the very moment he would be speaking in a congregation uh, like this, his dogs would be sitting inside his front door awaiting his return, and at the first sound of his carriage wheels, they would lift up their voices with delight because their master is coming home. Spurgeon said, and I quote, Oh, if we loved our Lord as dogs love their masters, how we should catch the first sound of his coming and be waiting, always waiting, and never happy until at last we should see him. He said, pardon me for using a dog as a picture of what you ought to be, but when you have attained to a state above that, I will find another illustration to explain my meaning. Ouch. So strong, but so true. Amen? The reality is King Jesus is returning soon. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The question is, are we ready? The question is, are we aware? Have we lost sight of that in this crazy 2020 year full of more distractions than we've probably ever faced before? Are we aware that the king is going to return? 
Are we prepared? Am I distracted? Am I wrapped up in Facebook debates, in in news channels, or in election season? I'm going to move quick away from that so I don't get on a tangent. Am I mindlessly scrolling through Facebook videos and hopelessly binging Netflix shows in an attempt to numb any kind of pain or silence the noise of this crazy world that we live in? The question I came here with today to ask myself in front of you is, Preston, is your focus on the eternal plan of God or the temporal plan of self? Have you lost sight that there is eternity to gain, whether that's heaven or hell? Am I focused on what's happening here on earth, or am I aware that everything I do on earth has eternal ramifications? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's moving. You you might be in a situation currently in your life with your family. You might not feel God. You might not be able to to track God. We sing about it. You might not not be able to tell that he is even around right now. But he's always working on your behalf. He's always moving. He's always working. His kingdom is active. His kingdom is at hand. Jesus is king, and he is coming back for those who are ready for his return. Someone say the return of the king. Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be able to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives. Someone say the moment. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. He may come in the middle of the night just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. You must also be ready all the time. Jesus uses four word pictures to explain, emphasize the same point. The point being, be ready for his return. The simple message today, be ready for his return. In in order to understand the context of the Bible, when you're in personal study or personal reading, it's important to understand that it's culture 2,000 years ago. It's culture in the Old Testament even before that. So to understand God's word, here and now, we've got to go then and there first. Make sense? Let's first look at this portion of scripture, this teaching from Jesus. He said, be dressed for service. This doesn't mean be dressed up for Sunday church service all nice. This literally means let your loins be girded. In that day, everyone wore long robes, which were a hindrance if you needed to move quickly or freely. If a person planned to run or work, he would tuck his robe into a sash around his waist so that it would not interfere with his movements. The verb here indicates a state of perpetual readiness for action. Be dressed for service. Always be ready. Be ready for the return of the king. The second figure that Jesus uses, he says, keep your lamps burning. This obviously comes from a day when there was no electricity. That there was no street light or the city lights outside and no night lights to help you navigate the dark house in the middle of the night. But if you were expecting back then a maybe a midnight visitor, you would keep an oil light burning so that when he knocked on the door, you could see to let him in. Keep your lamps burning. 
understanding that King Jesus can return at any moment of any day. Amen. The, the third picture is of servants who are awaiting their master's return from a wedding feast. Such feasts could last for days or often for a week. So the servants would need to be ready when they heard their master arrive to open the door and serve him. The master could come in the middle of the night any day when you least expect him. So they must be ready. And fourth, he talks about a thief in the night. The fourth picture is of a burglar breaking in the house in the middle of the night. But if the homeowner had known when the thief was coming, if they had scheduled this and talked about it, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. He would have been ready and waiting. If I get two Dobermans, I might just name them ADT and Ring and just watch the show with popcorn if a burglar tries to break in. You don't want to mess with Dobermans. Then Jesus states the application of all four figures in the final verse, in verse 40 of Luke 12. You also must be ready all the time. For the Son of Man will come when least expected. The kingdoms of this world are all vying for our attention and membership. The scary thing is you're not on the throne and you're at the mercy and under the reign of their secular godless agendas that will destroy your life if that's the kingdom that you choose. But there's another option. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here and you can be a part of it. The wonderful thing is also you are not on the throne. And you're at the mercy and under the reign of a God who so loves you. In this kingdom, you will receive everlasting life in heaven as your reward. The return of the king. Let us be ready and focused on the return of the king. I'll tell you quickly about King Henry VIII. If you remember him from history class or, or whatever it might be, we won't get into the kind of leader he was or all the mess that he was. But under his reign, he reigned for 36 years in England, and he had Leeds Castle uh, a part of his kingship. It was a strategic property for a ruler uh, to own not too far outside of current day London. And you can visit it today as a tourist. My dad and I took a tour through that castle. It was my first international trip ever. And I, I was just in junior high. And we, we hopped on a small short tour. And the, the tour guide proceeded to describe the rooms of Leeds Castle as we went through and their purpose and what the servants would prepare for the king. And, and Maybe you've remembered pastor sharing this before or, or even I have before as well, but the the tour guide was talking like this. This was the king's great hall where the chefs and the servants would prepare three meals a day and have it on the table like clockwork every single day. And this was the king's sleeping quarters where the servants would wash the bedding and the linens every single day. And if you look out this window across the great yard, this is where the servants would trim the grass and the landscaping was uh, in, in pristine condition. And, and, but then the tour guide dropped some information on on us that we have never ever forgotten. King Henry VIII had strategic control over Leeds Castle for roughly 30 years, roughly three decades. 
And it is only documented that the king and his entourage spent one night at Leeds Castle. But the servants, they washed the linens, the, the, the bedding, they trimmed the hedges. They prepared, prepared three meals every single day and had it on the table because they were prepared for the king's return at any given moment. For they knew not the hour when their king would be coming back. It's human nature to want to know the details and know what to plan for and when and why and where. But that's not God's plan for his return. For you and I to be able to put it on the calendar and be ready, we just have to be ready. The the disciples asked Jesus when he would return. He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. Just be ready at all times. Someone say at all times. The worship team can come. I've simply come today to encourage maybe a reset, maybe a refocus for every individual. Maybe a new filter through which you view your life here on earth. An eternal filter. We must live intentionally with the eternal in mind. Are you ready for the return of the king? Is your family ready for the return of the king? Is there anything in your life that you need to let go of that might be taking your focus? Do you need to make a kingdom transfer today? I've been wrapped up in the agenda of this world. I've been distracted and fearful of the media's narrative today. I've been all about my kingdom and, and not thy kingdom. God, I want to live and serve your kingdom and you, and I want you to be my king. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster podcast.